0: I'm going to capstone on last week, kind of a part two of last week. So if you're here last week, awesome. What was the topic last week? Does God change his mind? That's what we talked about last week. Now, if you weren't here last week, you may be going, hmm, I wonder. Well, you're going to have to go back and listen to the podcast. And it's on sermon.net slash David Wiley or go to iTunes podcast store. And search David Wiley. It's all free. But listen to it and see what you think. But I'm telling you, without standing up here to argue, I'm telling you for a fact that the Word of God is crystal clear on the fact that He does not change His mind. We talked about this last week. He doesn't. He just doesn't. If you were to suggest God changes His mind, just to give you a quick response, if you were to suggest that God changes His mind, then what you are suggesting is two things. Number one, His first course of action was not the best one. And you're also suggesting that whomever is changing his mind had a better course of action than the creator of all eternity. Meaning, if Joey changed God's mind, then I need to put my faith in Joey, not God, because Joey was a little bit smarter than God on that one. So you have to be careful where you go with that. So God does not change his mind. You want to wrestle with that more? Go listen to the podcast. But what we're going to pick up with now is what the logical question is. Somebody asked me, I couldn't believe nobody asked but somebody did, even before we got out of the room. The couple asked me if they were walking out. Why bother? You know, why bother praying? And I'm going ju- to bump into some deep stuff here that we don't have time to go into forever. But just to give you an example, without jumping too deep in the water. It's like the whole argument of predestination. God's already chosen everybody then some denominations, some extreme denominations would say, then why bother preaching the gospel if everybody's already chosen? I'm not going down that road necessarily. Well, the road I'm going down is saying is, if we can't change his mind, then why bother praying? It's a good question. It's a really good question. And you know what's ironic? It's exactly what Jonah takes us to. It's very much the same thing that happens with Jonah. So we're in Jonah chapter 4. I wrote down some questions for myself to think this through, okay, as I was studying it. Here's some questions. Think about this. If God doesn't change his mind, why pray? Okay, let me ask you this. Is that why you pray? To change God's mind. Is that why you pray? Personally, I'm just saying not a person in general. When you pray, do you pray with intent to change God's mind? Then I thought, what would you prefer God do? Listen, answer this one seriously. Seriously, this is the key. What would you prefer God do? What you think is best or what he thinks is best? Which would you prefer So if you're trying to change his mind, think about it for a minute. Which one would you prefer he really do? What the creator of the universe has ordained to do or what you think he should do? Let me ask you this. Seriously, what's the subject of most of your prayers? Anybody want to answer that one? (laughs) Me. Several of you said it. I would say it. Me. I mean... For instance, we got a a young brother back here uh, that I just mentioned, Eminem, in Africa. He's got that picture back there, all that stuff back there. Don't raise your hand. But how many of because probably none of you will, but how many of y'all have prayed for him? Brian might, because Brian gets him out every week. Brian may not either. That picture's in there every week. Give money to him, but do you pray for him? I don't. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I should, but I don't. Because I'm too busy praying for me. And then last question I ask ourselves: what do you hope to see accomplished? If you're praying, what is it you want to see accomplished? Do you want to see, I want to see this chair turn blue. That's what I want to see. I want to see my grandma not have cancer anymore. That's what I want to see. Or do you want to see whatever it is God wants? That's the question. So bear those things in mind. And I'm going to tell you this up front. This is more sermon-esque because I want to give you some points. I don't have them on the board, so I'm just going to tell them to you. All right? I'm just going to tell them to you. I'm going to give you four reasons, okay? Four reasons why you pray or you preach, even though you're not going to change God's mind. Four reasons, okay? I'm going to tell you what all four of them are, and then we'll walk through them. The first one is because he tells you to. I know that's the one you always hate to hear when you're a kid, because I said so. Mom and dad say no. Why? Because I said so. Because he tells you to. What does that really mean? What is it? What's the one word that that translates into? Obedience. Because he tells us to, it's obedience. Number two, because his will is accomplished through our prayers or preaching, if we're going to preach. Because that's the way he accomplishes his will. understand what I'm saying? It's not the way you change his will. It's the way he accomplishes his will is through that. It's through prayer. Number three, he conforms us to the image of his son. Y'all have all heard that before? How many of you have really ever thought about that? Reason that you pray and you preach is to be conformed. What does that mean, conformed? Why does he use that word? reshape perfect word you're having to be reshaped which means you are misshapen you are messed up you are out of shape so what do you how do you get shaped into the likeness of his son oh well um i look at a whole bunch of pictures of him and i think hard about it no i meditate Mm no There's a way to get reshaped to the image of his son, okay? That's through prayer. And I'm using the word preach. Please understand I don't mean like Robbie preach. I mean sharing the gospel, speaking the gospel, doing what Jonah was supposed to do. That's all I'm talking about. Jonah wasn't a preacher. He was barely a prophet. He was just a man who went and spoke what God said, okay? And then the fourth one, and this is the best one, if you have no other reason whatsoever, listen to me. If you don't listen to anything I say today, and you don't write one note down, and you don't care one bit about it, you just want a quick answer, it better be this, because we love him. That's it. Because we love him. That should be enough reason, period. So let's look at it. Because Jonah takes us straight into these questions. The first one I said was because he tells us to. Well, he's already told Jonah to do something. That's already happened in our story, right? And what Jonah do? Nope. Did the exact opposite. Okay? He dies in the belly of a fish. He's dead for three days. You can go listen to the podcast if you want to argue about that. He's dead for three days in the belly of a fish. He is spit up on the ground. Christ, you can go. Don't believe it's him. We, you can go listen to the podcast. We can argue about it later. Raises him back to life and gives him the same command again: go. When he is communicating with Jesus, that, my friends, is prayer. Same thing we do. That's all prayer is. There is no such thing as prayer being defined as on your hands and knees, on your face before the Lord. When David danced naked in the streets, that was prayer. You know, he was doing it to the Lord. We could say, oh, no, that was praise, David. Okay, let's split words. It doesn't matter. You were communicating with God. That's all it is, all right? So, Jonah's already had numerous communications with God. God's told him to do something, and Jonah said, no, no, no. Well, finally, Jonah says yes, and Jonah goes, all right? And that brings us to where we are in the story. So, look at verse 1 of chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Jonah is the most fickle individual that's ever walked the earth. Hebrew uses some odd language. It says, but he was evil to Jonah. A great evil. And he was angry. Now that means one of two things. It means either Jonah thought God was evil. Why would Jonah think God was evil? Remember, God spared Nineveh. That's what's happened. He's gone. He's preached. He's barely even opened his mouth, and all of Nineveh's repented. Jonah's suggests, could be interpreted one of two ways, so let's say that it's this way. Expresses that God is evil. Why would he say God is evil? He didn't see the justice in it. Remember how horrific Nineveh was? Remember how I talked about how they would skew people on poles? abuse uh, and, and defile people and all these things. So God is on their side. God must be evil. He's on their side. I came all the way out here. I followed you, God. I'm one of your chosen Jewish people. I walked 500 miles, literally, across this desert. And now here I am with these wicked, filthy, disgusting, modern day terms, rapist, drug addict jailbird, whatever you want to call it. Here I am with all these guys, and you you have forgiven them all. You must be evil. Obviously, you're evil if you feel that way. It's funny. That's exactly, listen, that's exactly what atheists argue. Isn't it? You haven't y'all heard that argument before? Why doesn't a good God just destroy evil? Why does a good God allow evil? I'm going to tell you what. I'm glad he does cuz I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad he does allow evil or I'd been gone a long time ago and I'd been gone this week. Again. And here's the idea, here's the argument for that. Who's defining what evil is? When you say God You are evil because you did this. Now, who is the one who's defining what's evil and what's not? Me. That's exactly what Jonah is doing. Jonah is saying, I'm more holy than you, God, because I can see what you did is evil. And I'm more holy, so therefore what you did is wrong. That's what he's saying. Possibly. The flip side of it, the possible other argument is... The idea that jo- that Jonah is evil in his sin. And that's true too. What, his behavior, being angry, it's not righteous anger. You know, there's a time to be angry, and there's a time when anger is sin. I think I, y'all all understand that. I don't have to go into a bunch of detail on that. But let me, let me put into a picture. I, Liz and me talked about this. It was interesting. Imagine a Jew, a Jewish man preaching to Hitler in Nazi Germany and a Jewish God forgiving him. How do you think the Jewish people would react to that? I got a better idea. Let's make it even more personal. What if those that team that dropped into Afghanistan and assassinated Osama got there found out that he had given his life to christ and was saved and said all right we're not going to kill him he's saved america would go bananas crazy crazy you know what i'm saying it's that kind of idea so that's what jonah's trying to wrestle with right now okay that's what he's trying to wrestle with so the second point is that it's to accomplish his will now listen why did God choose, and there's going to be a lot of that word. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Read your Bible. Why did God choose Israel? Hmm? Because he wanted to. That's true. It says, that you were, there was no, the Bible constantly says there was no reason why I should have chosen you. You were the weakest of, na- smallest of nations. He gives a bunch of reasons why they were not noticeable that he should choose them. So it was all God's doing to choose Israel. But for what purpose did he, he didn't just choose Israel because he said, hey, you're cool. I'll hang with you for a while. He chose Israel for a purpose. What was it? His own glory. Huh? His son would come through that line. Both of those things are true. His son would come through that, that line for a purpose. And showing his glory was for a purpose. But show it to what? The rest of the world. That was the whole point of choosing Israel, was to display the, God's glory to the rest of the world. And to bring his son, who would save the world. You know, do you think I'm wrong, I'll give you some quick passages. You can just make a note of them. Isaiah 60, verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Talking about Israel. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, Israel, and his glory will be seen upon you. Get that? His glory will be seen upon you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Psalm 98 two. the Lord has made his salvation. Listen, the Lord has made his salvation. Made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Watch verse three of Psalm 98. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God or translation in Hebrew. All the ends of the earth have seen the Jesus of God. Salvation translates Yeshua, which is his name, which is awesome. All because of Israel, all the nations have seen the Jesus of God, the salvation of God. So there was a, there's a will that's being executed through all of this. Okay, but what's the problem? Why didn't that work out? What did Israel do? Matter of fact, Joey and I had the chance in Ukraine to go sit down in a synagogue was that a couple of months ago and talked to a actual rabbi with Liz and being and a couple other guys. One of the guys with us said, so what about you showing Adonai to the nations? He said, hey, what, what about that? He said, no, we're not supposed to do that. Doesn't say do that anywhere. Not supposed to do that. The Israel's a small. Israel's supposed to be small. They're chosen. They're small. So what is he doing? What is it, What are they doing? They're holding on to him. He's our God. He's not your God. You can't have him. Excuse me for saying this, but this is what they're saying. Damn you all. That's what what he's saying. He's our God, and he's going to crush all you filthy Greek, Roman, Gentile scum. He even told us a bunch of times, you believe in Jesus, that's fine. That's for you. You're not Jewish. Translation, you can believe in Jesus if you want because y'all are all doomed to destruction. You're not Jewish. That's what he was saying. So that's what they did. Instead of showing him to the nations, they said, he's ours, he's mine, he belongs to me. Just like we do, right? Don't raise your hand. How many of you people in this room, myself included, I'll put myself on the boat, have shared Jesus with somebody this week? How many of you this week have been outside of this building? Pretty much much all of us. But how many of us have shared Jesus when we've been outside this building? We don't, because he belongs to us, in this building, in this place. He's ours. You, oh, you can come get him, but you got to come here, to our place, and you got to listen to the pastor or somebody else who's teaching tell you how to find him, because I ain't going to say anything. But you know what I will do? I'll get some brownie points and invite you. You know, I'll invite you. That's the difference. God is trying to accomplish his will through Jonah going, going, not waiting on Nineveh to show up in Israel, going to them and preaching his word. All right. But the problem, listen, the problem is that what we don't understand is grace. We don't understand it at all. Think about it. Think about it. Listen, would it be just, just of God? that Osama bin Laden was saved right before he was killed? Uh, absolutely. Absol- absolutely. Will you think you're better than he was? You know, there's rumors. I remember when I was younger, there were rumors that um, Billy Graham... I think it was gacy i can't we were talking about this in my discipleship group i think it was gacy i can't remember who it was but one of these just wicked disgusting filthy mass murderers eight people rape people kind of guys apparently on his deathbed headed to death row gave his life to christ and everybody said well that's garbage but how do you know he didn't and what if he did it's not fair I live my whole life for Christ, and then he's going to waste his whole life and get saved right at his deathbed. That's also why we don't understand the whole reward system. Are you going to be disappointed if you get to heaven and somebody else has got a bigger reward than you are? How important is the reward anyway? But we don't understand that, see, because we don't understand grace. To us, we don't understand what grace really means. Grace really means everybody in this room is doomed to hell, period. I don't care what you do, what you want to do, what you think you can do, what you think you're worth. Everybody. And Ephesians 2 says, but God. That's it. So if but God steps in on Insama bin Laden right before his deathbed, every Christian in America should say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not saying that's easy, but I'm saying I'm trying to put you in Jonah's shoes. Okay, I'm trying to put you in Jonah's shoes. All right, So what's the goal? What was the goal in the first place? What was the goal in sending Jonah? That they repent, not that they be destroyed. Jonah's idea is they're going to be destroyed and I'm the instrument of destruction. I got a chance to talk to a guy. I'm not mention his name anyway, but he had suggested that according to his belief, the church that he comes from, believes that in the end time, that time of tribulation or whatever, in the end time, there's no rapture. In fact, the church is going to be the instrument of wrath to destroy the wicked. That God is going to raise up his church and execute judgment on the earth through his church. Sounds like the Crusades. But it's, it's wrong, biblically wrong for a ton of reasons, biblically wrong. But the point of the matter is, right, he wanted to save Nineveh, not kill it. Jonah thinks he's going over there to be his instrument of mass murder. That's not what the that, that was not the plan. How do we know that it was for repentance sake that he went there? Why did Jesus, Jesus, say he came into the world? Everybody knows John 3.16. How many of you know John three seventeen? I came in the world not to condemn it, but to save it. Why didn't he come to condemn it? Because it was already condemned. He didn't have to come condemn it. It's already condemned. He came to save it. Look, Nineveh was already condemned. There was no what. Jonah was a fool if he thought he was going over there to preach doom against them. They were already doomed. He, his goal was not to go preach doom. That's why it's stupid to preach hellfire and brimstone in the manner of speaking. Everybody's going to hell. That's not a revelation. You know what I mean? I mean, you need to point out to people that they're in sin. The point is that there is salvation. That's what he was supposed to be going to do, okay? And John, James five sixteen, make a note. It says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So it has to be doing something, your prayer does. And you have to be a righteous person, not just anybody, okay? So Jonah, look at the next verse. We're only doing a few verses today. We're going to close Jonah next week. Jonah 2. And he prayed to the Lord, and he said, "O oh Lord, is this not what I is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? In other words, before I even left home, is this what I said? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. This is why I tried to run, for I knew. Look, Jonah's heart's revealed. Look, I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, which also means compassionate, slow to anger, or long-suffering and patient." And abounding, or great, in steadfast love. You know what steadfast love is? Grace. And relenting from disaster and evil. Holy, I just want to do that. I I mean, Jonah just confessed all of that about God, and then he's surprised that that's what God did. And he's mad at God because that's what God did. He just described him to a T. Listen, how many of us walk in here every week and talk about how holy, beautiful, and wonderful Jesus is? How incredible and terrific and perfect and patient and amazing. And say all these terrific things when you sing all these songs. And you walk right back out of here and ignore everybody you walk by. You think that person at work that gets on your nerves or that person at school that gets on your nerves is so obnoxious and stupid and dumb and you wish they would shut up. I mean, Jonah knows. Jonah doesn't have any excuse whatsoever. He knows what kind of God he is. And he's quoting. Listen, he's quoting. Make a note of him. Exodus 36, he's practically quoting it. Listen to this. Or 34, 6. It says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and an abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Now listen to this one. Joel says in Joel two thirteen, and rend your hearts, not your garments, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and relents over disaster. What's different about Jonas I mean about Joel's statement than the others I just read, or even Jonah's? Joel says repent repent because of these reasons. Jonah Jonah never said repent. In 40 days, in 40 days you're all doomed to hell. Sorry about your luck. Start looking for my pad, but I'm going to when once y'all are all burning and dead, I think I'm going to take this piece of land right here, you know. Y'all are all dead. He doesn't say repent. He doesn't give them a shot. He doesn't say anything. He just says you're dead. But it's funny because he knows what kind of God God is. Look at number, the number three point real quick. We're going to finish. He conforms us to his image. Listen, this is one of the toughest things to get. Matthew 6, 7 says Jesus is teaching them how to pray. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Listen to verse eight. Listen, do not be like them for you. Watch your father knows what you need before you ask him. So pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, blah, 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 blah. Hello? Your Father knows what you need before you ask, so pray. Y'all should all have that little phrase stuck in your head. That's Jesus. You want to be conformed to the image of Jesus? Do you think that Jesus prayed to God because he had no idea what God was going to do? He was God. He was God. He said, God already knows your needs, so pray. So why would he do that? He's trying to get you to be that, like that, be like his son, be in the image of his son. Jesus said, uh, when praying, I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who curse you. This is one reason why some say he was a bad Jew. You know, that's what that, that uh, dude in the synagogue told us, Jesus was a bad Jew. But that's because he said the best way to love your enemy is to pray for them. You hear me? The best way to love your enemy is to pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus dimed it out pretty clear. And finally, let's look at Jonah four three. It says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my spirit from me, for it is better that I die than to live. One of the greatest Moments of grace in all of history, God saves an entire city, the wickedest one on earth, and Jonah wants to kill himself. You know, Jonah probably knew Hosea and Joel had prophesied that Assyria would destroy Israel. So he probably knew that. So he's probably a little bit freaked out. He probably thought he was going to defend Israel because the prophecy says that Assyria is going to destroy Israel, but I'm going to deliver damnation on him. But then when God saves them, you know he's got to be wondering, wait a minute. What's going on? You know, he's all patriotic and proud and loving God when he thinks God's going to destroy him. But as soon as God forgives him, as soon as God forgives him, what? He doesn't get it. Now he's furious with God. Look, it shows, listen to me, it shows that the wicked repent and God's people don't. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus said, I came to see for the sick, not the well. Who was it that opposed Jesus? Said, We're holy. We don't need you, buddy. The church, in a manner of speaking. The wicked repent, the righteous don't. Because you think you own that righteousness. I get in that same place. Romans eight twenty eight, you guys all know it. For God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Verse twenty nine says for those whom he foreknew or foreloved, he also predestined to be conformed to his image. That's how you are conformed to his image. Through prayer, through obedience, through doing what he says. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just like he prepared for Jonah to walk to Nineveh. Right? Last point, and I'm finished. Two minutes. Last one was just because we love him, guys. This is my favorite one. This is it. Listen, just because we love him, my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John twenty-one seven. Listen, Jesus has been raised from the dead. He already appeared to the disciples once, but the disciples have gone back north and they're fishing, and Jesus is walking along the sea, and uh, all of a sudden he yells out. They're about a hundred yards. Yeah, hey, y'all catch anything? They said no. No, he said, throw the net on the other side. And they throw the net on the other side, and they pull up so many fish, they can't catch them. Get them up in the boat, and they're yanking them up, they're yanking them up, and John looks over at Peter and goes, dude, it's the Lord. And what does Peter do? (laughs) You know, pulls on his clothes, whatever, jumps in the water and swims as fast as he can to the shore. For what? Nothing. Just because he loved Jesus. Just because he loved Jesus. That's it. He didn't ask for anything. There was no, he even left the fish. I don't care if you drop them. I don't care if the boat sinks. I don't care what happens to the fish. He didn't care about nothing. He didn't have a prayer. Jesus, will you please heal my child? Jesus, will you please make me a second and sit beside you? Uh, Jesus, will you please uh, destroy my enemies? Jesus, will you please help my mom? Jesus, will you please? Nothing. 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 He just wanted to be close to Jesus, and that was it. So that's the last reason I would suggest to you why you pray. You know, some people say, if his will is going to be done anyway, why bother? Why bother praying? What are you really saying when you say that? You're really saying, I'm prideful, I'm lazy, and I'm going to ask you this. Why, indeed... You or me. Somebody so filthy and disgusting as me, why should I pray? We all think we're why why are they praying if he's gonna do what I want? Yeah. Think about your condition before you say that. Think about your condition. Jonah was given a command. We've all been given a command. What is it? Jesus gave it to us. What is it? Go! Into all the world, not go into the sanctuary, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Why? Because he has a plan. And ladies and gentlemen, you are part of it. Romans ten fifteen says, Listen, actually start at verse thirteen. You guys have heard this before. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've not heard? And how are they to hear? Without someone preaching or telling them, let's put it modern day. And how are they to tell them unless they are sent? Guess what? You guys all just told me Jesus sent you. So, are you headed to Nineveh or are you looking for a fish? That's what it really comes down to. Because you have no excuse because he sent you. So, you're one of two things. You're either headed for a grave, in a manner of speaking, a fish. Or you're headed to Nineveh. You might already be in the fish. I don't know. Let me pray.